Hey, everybody. Traveling. So fun. What a fun topic today. If you've ever thought of traveling, this is definitely the podcast for you if you're a photographer. Um, Also, if you're not a photographer, there is a lot you can grab from this episode. But before we dive into it, I just wanted to say, hey, the announcement for the next Rooted Workshop has happened. We are going to Glacier National Park August 30th through September 3rd of this year. We have 12 spots available and you actually get an opportunity to get 50% off of one of the tickets. Um, Yeah, talk about thousands of dollars in savings like so fun. Um, all you have to do is just subscribe to the podcast and leave a review for a chance to have your name entered into the raffle on when that ticket will be announced. The announcement will come on the 24th when the tickets go live. That is when I will announce the winner of the 50% off ticket. So be sure to tune in. Um, and even if you don't win a ticket, I want to see you at Glacier. It's going to be so fun. It is the best week of the year. I cannot say that enough. So um, without further ado, though, let's dive into this episode about how to travel more for your photography work. Such a good one. I can't wait. Let's get it rolling. Hey, I'm Danny Purrington, and you're listening to the Rooted Creative Podcast. I'm an elopement photographer who loves anything grilled cheese and traveling to weird and wild places around the globe. After being an entrepreneur for four years and building a six-figure business that I love running, I'm here to teach you everything from actionable tips on running a successful and thriving business to what's on my heart and how we can continuously seek to glorify Jesus even in our businesses. So here we go. Are you ready? Hey everyone. Oh my gosh. This episode is going to be a really fun one because we're talking about travel today. And if you have ever wanted to travel for your job, this is going to be a very important, but also a really fun topic. I specifically am talking about this for photographers. So if you are not a photographer, there may still also be some things that you grab from this talk, but I am talking specifically to my photographers out there. This is a really fun one. Um, I know that these morning chats are kind of weird and can kind of range and be random from everything, but I'm talking about this topic today because I just am finishing up a trip from Utah with one of my other students who I got to travel around with, and it was so fun, and we're still in the middle of it. So if you're following along on Instagram, you can kind of see more of our adventures, but it got me thinking about a lot of fun tips that I could share with you all on how to travel and how to book more travel work, how to get paid to travel, which is ultimately what we all want. Am I right? Okay. So let's talk about it. If you have been bitten by the travel bug, let's be real. I think a lot of us have, and I think this pandemic did not help because we were all on lockdown for a year. So most of us did not get to travel and now we have an itching to go somewhere, right? Well, let's just say you've been bitten by this bug and now you want to travel around and take pretty photos of amazing people. Okay, well, how do you do that and how do you get paid to do it? You're probably listening to this and wanting to grow your business to be an adventurous traveling elopement wedding photographer business, or you just really truly want to travel and not necessarily have it be super adventurous, but you definitely want to go other places and have that opportunity but you have no idea how to even start that process or what it even looks like. So I wanted to come on here and give you some fun tips on what I've learned in this process since 90% of my photography work is actually outside of my hometown. 
I'm usually traveling up to Northern California. I'm traveling out to Utah, Wyoming, Montana, Oregon, Washington. Those are my top spots. 90% of my photography work is outside of my hometown. So how did I, how did I get to that place? And um, what advice can I give you today if you're thinking of diving into this realm? Well, the first thing I want to say is if you'd like to travel to places like Yosemite, Moab, Washington State, Waterfalls in Oregon, or the coast of Oregon, which is also super beautiful, Glacier National Park in Montana, or some other beautiful mountain ranges in Montana, Wyoming and the Grand Tetons, you name it. There are so many places to go. There are some things, though, to do before that happens and before you actually get booked for that stuff. So here are my top three tips to make this happen for you. If this is the first one, if you're claiming to be a traveling wedding photographer, like in your bio on Instagram, you have traveling the globe or, you know, something like that, that kind of tells people you do travel, but you're not showing it. You're not going to book any travel work. So if you're only sharing work that is from your hometown and you're geotagging these places that are local to where you live and they're not in the places that you'd like to be booking, you're going to have a hard time finding more bookings in those places that you want to go. So here is my recommendation, and this is typically the standard of what any adventurous travel elopement wedding photographer will tell you. Um, it's important to plan styled shoots and go places to build your travel portfolio so that you can kind of prove that you're a traveling photographer. Because if you can't prove that, no one's going to believe you and they won't book you for that. They might go with someone else who is more the expert in that specific location, right? I mean, I think a lot of us kind of experience this imposter syndrome of why would someone pay for me to fly there when they could literally hire someone who lives there and is probably just as good, right? I think we've all been in that mindset before, but having been the photographer, 90% of my work, again, is outside of my hometown. Why are people paying me to go these places? There's a lot of reasons for that, but one of the main ones is because I am the expert in that place and I have a lot of content to show in those places. So tip number one, if you're claiming to be a traveling wedding photographer, you have to show it. Plan styled shoots, go places to build your portfolio. Workshops are also a really great chance to do this. Um, if you don't, if you're not good at planning a shoot or you just simply don't want to, um, going to a workshop or a retreat is a great opportunity where someone else will plan these shoots for you. And all you have to do is just attend, um, and take those photos. But in order to be considered a traveling photographer, you have to show it or no one's going to believe you. So that's tip number one. Number two, market yourself in specific places. So if you'd like to do more work in Utah, AKA why I'm out in Utah this week, you have to fly to Utah and you have to build up some portfolio work and the market. And then you have to market the heck out of it. Like you have to get this portfolio work and then literally use each photo that you take at least three times, like post about it all the time, constantly hashtag yourself as a Utah wedding photographer, Moab elopement photographer, whatever it looks like and be posting this work continuously to your marketing outlets. If you can do this for specific places and you can look like the expert, which hint is tip number three, then more people will trust you. Put on social media, put all of this work on your blogs um, for SEO purposes so you can be found on Google and use all of the photos multiple times. I mean, there are many things that you can use these photos for. Put them on Pinterest, milk it. 
use it. (laughs) Like you have to, if you're going to plan a trip to Utah, don't just plan one shoot either plan like four or five shoots, like make this trip worthwhile for you and, and build that content. Now, the one thing that I want to say, because I know a lot of you are probably listening to this and you might actually go do this, which awesome. I I hope you do. There are some things though, that I want to say as photographers, uh, to be responsible and to, uh, to make sure that we're doing this legally. So right now you currently need permits to shoot anywhere in Moab. Um, if you are looking to not go to a state park, but you want to go to like, uh, another spot in Moab itself, you should content, uh, contact the BLM department, the Bureau land management department, um, and just let them know that you're going to be hosting a shoot. This also goes the same for national parks for state parks. You do have to have permission to do so. I know that there are some laws possibly changing, but my advice for you is get it in writing, talk with someone in these offices and make sure that they know that you're coming to do a shoot there. Um, if, I mean, this goes the same with, uh, style shoots and also real elopements or weddings, be responsible. I mean, as the photographer, you are responsible for a lot of this because your couple might not know to do this. And I'm telling you right now, as a photographer, we have to be responsible because if we don't continue to do this, we might have privileges taken away. And I do want to avoid that. So make sure that you get the appropriate permission to shoot where you shoot. Okay. It's really important. If there is no permission needed, sometimes there isn't, but if you're not sure, I always say call the office or get a hold of someone who's in charge of the land and just make sure that you're good to go. Get it in writing. If you have it in writing, you're set. You're good to go. If you don't have it in writing, you might come into trouble. You might get fined and you don't want that. So be responsible. Um, if you're going to go to these places, make sure you do it legally. And um, this is also to kind of avoid crowding. So one thing that you might come in contact with, um, especially in Yosemite, I've just noticed it getting more and more crowded and we definitely want to avoid that. We don't want to ruin these places for other people and we don't want to eliminate the possibility of people to get married there in the future because we were irresponsible. So um, all of that said, just you know, reach out to the offices, make sure that you're hosting these shoots legally and you're not being shady or slimy or you know, um, irresponsible. Let's be let's be good and also let's respect the land. So um I, I do recommend flying to these places and going there if you want to shoot more in these places, but doing so responsibly is really important. So um, once you've been to these places and you have this portfolio work, tip number three is to be the expert in that specific location. So um, be able to offer tips and knowledge to prospective clients. This means you actually need to explore the land a little bit, like get to know it, understand what's around um, some of your top places that you'd recommend for a ceremony, share some of your fa- like your favorite tips that you learned um, on your trip to this place, right? So for example, Moab, it's a very small town. Um, there's not a lot to do except go explore the land. But if you wanted to stay somewhere, There's like one nice hotel and then there's like a bunch of Airbnbs. So like offering tips like where to stay in Moab, where to eat in Moab and things like that. Honestly, that type, that type of knowledge just comes with being there and just knowing what's around and <laughs> being able to share some of your experience. Um, it will make you look like the expert. And if you can do that, then those clients will book you because they know and they can see you as the expert. So it's eliminating that imposter syndrome of why would someone pay for me to fly out there to do this when they could hire someone that's local that knows everything? Well, if you know everything and you're also an expert and they love your work, 
they will be more than happy to fly you out there. I'm speaking from personal experience because I have at least two weddings in Moab this year. I have like three in Yosemite. I mean, the list goes on. And those are my top places. Those are the places that I like to expert myself as an, or I like to market myself as an expert. So those are the top three tips that I have for you. So number one, let's just review. If you're claiming to be a traveling wedding photographer, you have to show it. So go get the work, go show it. Number two, market yourself in specific locations. This is a really great way to get more work in specific locations. So if you're just saying you're in Utah, you might not get Moab work. You know what I mean? You might get more salt late Salt Lake City work, but you might not get Moab work, right? So make sure you market yourself in specific locations and you become number three, the expert in that specific location. Be able to offer tips and knowledge to prospective clients. Um, another great tip with number three is write a blog, like get some SEO on that, write some blogs about tips and tricks. Okay. Now you're probably wondering, how do I get paid to travel? What does that look like expense wise? Well, here's just like a quick tip. I mean, I could go on about this topic, but I just want to give you some quick advice if you're thinking of this and, um, you know, a quick tip on how to do it. Okay. So include your travel pricing in your package price. So this is what I do. Um, make it one price, like everything that's included in the package includes travel and just bundle it together in one price format so that it's less confusing for them and they only see one number and they don't see extra fees. Sometimes if people see extra fees like travel fees and things like that, they get turned off and they might actually go with someone who's local, which is what we're trying to avoid, right? So just include it in your package price. The way to do that is to take the average of what you think it will cost for you to stay for two to three nights in a hotel, um, a plane ticket and a rental car. I always recommend getting a rental car. So you have the freedom to go scout and to, um, also drive the couple if need be. Uh, sometimes they just kind of want to be taken care of. And so it's just nice to have that as an option. Um, and then add that cost, whatever that costs for the hotel stay, the plane ticket and the rental car and add that to the package price. Now you want to do the average of this. So not like if you're looking in June, right? Ticket prices might be more expensive than in February, right? Because June is a more on season than February is. So February tickets are probably cheaper. The good news is, is even if you end up paying more for travel in the package price, or, you know, if you go over the average, it actually balances out at the end of the year because more trips, like other trips will be less expensive, um, more, some other trips will be more expensive, but it ends up balancing out at the end of the day. And at least you have the cash to go and buy that stuff, which you can also write all of this off by the way. So all we really need is the cash to do it, uh, for right now so that we can write it off later. Okay. Those are some quick tips on pricing. So, um, another just quick thing I want to say, I have multiple pricing guides for this. So I have a West coast pricing guide. I have a Midwest pricing guide for like places like Utah, Wyoming, Montana. And then I have an East coast pricing guide. So that's for places like North Carolina, Florida, those places I am also going this year. Um, obviously the travel from me to go from California to North Carolina is a lot more expensive than for me to go up to Yosemite, right? <laughs> Yosemite is just like a five hour drive for me. Whereas flying across the country to North Carolina, not only takes more of my time, but it also does cost more money. So you have to include that as well in different packages. Um, so I have, I have like three different pricing packages or 
or pricing guides for those different packages with the different pricing. So that's just like a quick tip if you wanted to do that, if you're thinking, oh, well, it might be more expensive to for me to travel to this place rather than this place. Okay. And then the final thing that I want to say, because I've thrown a lot at you already, but this is really, really, really important. So listen up. Traveling is a lot of fun. You get to see a lot of places, but most of the time you do it alone and it's very exhausting and it's not for everyone. And that's okay. Like if, if you dive into this travel thing and you start seeing that this is not the thing that you want to be doing, it's totally okay. You do not have to be successful to be traveling. Like, like you don't have to label success as traveling. I think a lot of people in the photography industry label success as being able to travel to all these destinations. In the long run, success only comes down to what goals that you've set for your business and what you're doing to complete those goals. That's truly what success should mean to you. It should not mean comparing yourself and the amount of work that you got to travel for. If that was a goal of yours, awesome, right? If that was not a goal of yours, then don't like label that as success right away. Traveling is a lot of fun, but it's not for everyone. And here's what I mean. I've been doing this for three years now, so I have a lot of experience in this. Traveling is exhausting. Like travel days for me are very tiring. Um, I don't sleep well on planes. Like I, I just can't sleep on them. So I'm very tired at the end of my trips, especially if I'm experiencing a time zone, there is jet lag involved. There's a lot of that. Um, there's also a lot of unexpected things that can come up like flight cancellations, uh, busy travel days that become extra busy because of reschedules. Um, airport food is just really can get really old and really greasy really quickly. So you start to feel bloated and you know, there's a lot of that health stuff. So sometimes it's good to just like pack your own food. Um, and then this is the really, really important, the important tip here. So listen up, this is, this is the one that I want you guys to take home. Okay. When you travel for 90% of your work, like I do, you need to understand that there's also a sacrifice. You don't get to be with your family very often. Sometimes you miss church on Sundays, although I try to fly home Sunday morning so I can attend a night service if there was like an elopement on a Saturday, but you definitely don't get to be home as much. So I don't really get time to clean the house. I really don't get time to even cook food sometimes like there's. There's a lot of things that I don't get to do um, because I travel a lot. Now, because I know that I'm not home a lot, I do try and take James with me to some of these trips because obviously that's a lot of fun. And, you know, when you're traveling alone, I've learned to travel alone, but in the beginning, it's hard. Like you do want to be with someone when you're experiencing these places, from personally, I'm just saying this. So when I started doing this, like I would go to these places and I would be like, Oh, I wish James was here. I wish he could be here with me. I wish he could see this. And eventually I worked to a place where I could, you know, do walks on my own. I could go to national parks and, and do and see what I wanted to see and be okay with the fact that I'm alone. Um, but you know, it is time away from your home and from your family. So if your family can't come with you on every trip, if they don't have the freedom to do that, know that there is a sacrifice there. Um, you, you won't get as much time with them if 90% of your work is travel. Now, uh, something to be prepared for. So set some boundaries and limitations with this as well. So maybe you only do one trip a month, right? That seems doable. You're not home very, or I mean, you're home a lot, but maybe for one weekend you're gone. Okay. Um, or you do two trips every five months, like figure out what works for you and your family 
Um, and your schedule should be considered. So, you know, look at each month and look at the traveling that you have going on and figure out if that's too much and um, what boundaries and limitations you can set to make sure that you're home to be with your family. So be prepared for the unexpected and be flexible. Um, be prepared. Talk to your family about this venture as well. If you're serious about it and make sure that they're on board with you as well. I think miscommunication is probably one of the biggest downfalls with this. Um, especially if you're married, talk to your spouse, tell them your dreams, make sure that they are on board. Don't just jump into this and expect them to be okay with it. I'm again, I'm speaking from experience. Um, luckily I have a very, James has a very flexible schedule since he is a firefighter. So we do make our time work together when I am traveling, but I try not to schedule back to back trips because it does get exhausting. And you know, you want, it's important to be with those people. Like I said in a previous episode, time with your people is very limited and it's not guaranteed. So if you're spending it elsewhere, then you're not spending it with those people that you love. Right. And that's, that could be a problem. So consider all the things, make sure that everyone's on board before you dive into this. There are many, and I mean, here's the thing. There are many more things I could say on this topic. Um, like the best travel credit cards to earn points. Um, the businesses that I use to travel, like what hotels, what airlines, what rewards programs I have, but I don't want to overwhelm you too much because there is a lot here. So if you have more questions on this, ask in our Facebook group. And if you want to get in on our Facebook group, it's facebook.com slash the rooted creative community, um, facebook.com slash the rooted creative community. Just get in on the group, um, and ask more questions. We can totally start a discussion thread on this. I think it'd be really fun. And there are so many other ways to travel than the way that I do it as well. So I don't want to just give you my way and say that this is the only way I'd love to open up the discussion and talk about it. So we learned a lot today about traveling and what that looks like in your business as a photographer. I really hope that this was helpful. Um, this was a fun little Monday morning chat that I got to have with you all today. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. This was just like fresh on my brain because I'm currently in Utah and I'm doing and practicing what I'm telling you today. So I thought it was kind of fun to dive into that a little more. But um, thanks for listening today. I'm excited you're here. And be sure to subscribe and leave a review for your chance to get 50% off of our next Rooted Workshop, which has been announced. We are going to Montana. The tickets are going to go on sale on the 24th. So if you want to go, you have to make sure you're on our wait list. Um, but also, if you leave a review and you subscribe to the podcast, you, get, you have an opportunity to get 50% off of your ticket, which is like thousands of dollars. Like these tickets are not cheap. So, um, be sure to leave a review. I want to see you at Montana, whether or not you win the ticket or not, like, please come. I would love to see you. The winner will be announced when the tickets go live. So you have the opportunity to also get a hold of a ticket soon in case they sell out quickly, which I, I don't know if they will. Usually they do. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, so that announcement or the tickets are coming on sale on the 24th. We're going to Glacier National Park on August 30th to September 3rd. It is the best week of the year. I cannot say that enough. So please come if you want to. And yeah, be sure to get in our Facebook group to get involved more in the conversation on travel. And that's all I have for you today. Thanks for listening and God bless. 
Thanks for listening to the Rooted Creative Podcast. Be sure to subscribe for more tips and leave a review to help get the word out about our podcast. Resources and notes about what we talked about today are also available at www.rootedwrkshp.com slash show notes, all for free. I'm so excited you tuned in today and I can't wait to share more with you soon. Until next time and God bless.